Today we are, we're finishing up uh, our sermon series on the Old Testament book of Habakkuk. And the subtitle of the series, as you can see, is When God Doesn't. When God Doesn't. So before we go kind of any further, what I want to do is I want to read the passage for this morning. And then I want to kind of tell us where we're going, pray, and, and we're going to dive in. Y'all with me? Y'all with me at home? All right, here we go. I heard, Habakkuk said, I heard and I trembled within. My lips quivered at the sound. Rottenness entered my bones. I trembled where I stood. Now I must quietly wait for the day of distress to come against the people invading us. Though the fig tree does not bud and there is no fruit on the vines, though the olive crop fails and the fields produce no food, though the flocks disappear from the pen and there are no herds in the stalls, yet I will celebrate in the Lord. Yet I will celebrate in the Lord. I will rejoice in the God of my salvation. The Lord, my Lord, is my strength. He makes my feet like those of a deer and enables me to walk on mountain heights. And then it says this, for the choir director on stringed instruments. It's kind of like a song of sorts here that Habakkuk wrote. So here's where we're going this morning. We need to look above the clouds. We need to look Above the clouds. I think I forgot to tell you what passage we're looking at this morning. I'm a little excited. Two weeks off, so it's good to be back up here. Habakkuk 3, we're looking at verses 16 through 19. Let me pray, and we're going to jump in here. God, thank you so much for your word. Thank you so much that it's true. And God, thank you that you move with power in our lives. Holy Spirit, would you fill us now and help us to see that you are a good and gracious God, even, God, when we're in the clouds, when we're facing trouble, when we're facing distress. You are a kind God and a gracious God and one that even, God, when we are in our sin, you sent your son Jesus to live the perfect life we could never live, to die on the cross for all of our sins to be risen from the dead, to give us life both now and for eternity. Thank you, Jesus. So humble us now, God, as we come before your word and help us to see, Jesus, how much we need you. More of you, God, in our lives and less of ourselves, we pray in your name. Amen. So about a year and a half ago, uh, I was invited to head to a conference in Nashville, Tennessee. I've been to Nashville a bunch of times. I love Nashville. Now, typically, when I'm invited to these different conferences and such, my wife doesn't travel with me because she hates flying, loathes flying, as a matter of fact. Now, we had friends that live in Nashville, old friends, and she thought, you know, this one time, I'm going to go with you, and I'm going to visit my friend Marie, and we're going to have a, a sweet time together for a few days. Well, surprisingly, and not medicated, mind you, she did really well on the flight down. I was actually really proud of her. She said, aren't you proud of me when we landed in Nashville? I said, absolutely. I never thought it was going to be this easy. Well, the flight back, that was a different story. 
there was a terrible rainstorm that morning. We woke up. Now, I don't know if you know this about Nashville, but Nashville weather stinks. And if you know people that live in Nashville that maybe move there, and they're finally there like six, seven, eight months, they're like, we didn't know how terrible it was here. Did you know that in Seattle, you know the city that everybody thinks is so rainy and stormy all the time, Seattle, 37 inches of rain a year. Nashville, 47 inches of rain a year. That's a lot. That's a big difference, right? So Seattle kind of gets a bad rap. Good movie, by the way. Sleeps in Seattle. Kind of like it. You've got mail. Same storyline. But, you know, what are you going to do? Anyhow, we board the plane. Come home. Board the plane. We sat and waited for takeoff. And we sat and we waited for takeoff. And we sat and we waited for takeoff. You know that story, how that goes, right? Captain eventually comes on the loudspeaker and says, listen, the weather, the rain, the storm is causing a delay. Hopefully we'll be off here soon. I think it was like an hour and 15 minutes later. So finally we get the clear, you know, to take off. And the captain comes on again and says, listen, we're all ready to go. But I just need to let you know, it's going to be a little bit bumpy for a little while. How do you think that went over with the wife? Not good. No Xanax, not good. Well, we take off, and she's got this death grip on my hand. And I don't know if you knew this, guys, but especially you guys maybe that are single or maybe you don't have kids yet, but but when your wife gets a little older, maybe has children, she gets this, this strength that she didn't have in her 20s. And, and my hand is like numb, right? Well, finally we take off, and it's just bumpy, right? And then, you know, we're, we're, we're getting up there, and we just hit this bump, right? And the whole plane shakes. And, and she wakes me up, because I'm already asleep. Right? And she's like, we're going to go down. I'm like, we're going to be fine. We're going to make it. We just need to get past the clouds. Once we get past the clouds, once we break through this storm, I'm telling you, we get around 35,000 feet, it's going to be clear skies. And sure enough, we finally get above the bumps, and the sky is totally open, and it's beautiful. You ever experienced that on a plane? I mean, it's just amazing when that happens. And it happened. The sky opens up. The clouds are gone. And as I sat there for a moment, I thought, you know, this is kind of how life is. I mean, that's life. I mean, not the Frank Sinatra song, but, but it is, right? I mean, there are clouds all around us all of the time. And sometimes, actually every time, what we need to do is not get so comfortable in the clouds, but actually look above the clouds. See, when we're stuck in the clouds, when we're in the clouds of life, we're feeling anxious, we're feeling fearful, we're feeling overwhelmed. And sometimes we get stuck in the clouds for so long, for some of us, the past five or six months, we get stuck in the clouds for so long, we forget what the sun even looks like. 
we need to remember in those times to look above the clouds. See, God is still sovereign. He is still in control. He's still on His throne working everything, all things for His glory and for our good. Amen? See, life may be hard right now. You may be stuck in a storm. The clouds may have you surrounded, but God is working all things for your good. Romans 8.28 See, the clouds, though, have a way of distracting us. They have a way of of causing us to not see God's goodness and God's greatness. And we've got to look above the clouds. We've got to focus on Jesus. And we need to worship Him. And amazing things happen when we worship God. Perspectives change when we worship. People change when we worship. And you change when you worship. And we see that with Habakkuk, don't we? I mean, remember in chapter 1, right? We read that Habakkuk receives this vision. He saw this vision from the Lord. And he's having this conversation, this dialogue with God. And the conversation began with the first four verses of chapter 1. Basically, with Habakkuk complaining. You remember? He's complaining about the sin. He's complaining about the injustice. He's complaining about the violence of the world. It's a prayer of lament. And then God responds. You remember this? God responds and and essentially says to Habakkuk, listen, sorry buddy, but it's going to get worse. You think it's bad now, it's only going to get worse. And then we we come to chapter 3. And we find that now Habakkuk, he's no longer complaining. He's no longer questioning the plans and purposes of God. He's, He's a changed person. All of a sudden, he's no longer stuck in the clouds. He's looking above the clouds. He's looking above. He's looking past the situations and circumstances of his life. Now, what that, listen, that takes faith. And that takes a deep, honest, and real faith. And I'm going to talk about this in a little bit, so I need not get ahead of myself. But that's what's really troubling me right now with a lot of Christians. This... Uh, pandemic, this virus has uh, really showed a lack of faith with a lot of Christians. We'll come back to that in a minute. See, we need, we need the kind of faith that Habakkuk had. Yo, things were way worse for Habakkuk than they are for us right now. He didn't, he didn't even have flushing toilets. Do you have that kind of faith? Are you you trusting in God more than anything else in this life? Now you might know the verse. And if you don't know the verse, or maybe you haven't read it in a while, here it is for you. Proverbs chapter 3. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And do not rely on your own understanding. Or do not rely on other people's understanding. Or do not rely on politicians' understanding. Or do not rely on the media's understanding. Or do not rely on a doctor's understanding. I can kill on and on and on, can I? 
Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not rely on your own understanding. In all your ways, know Him. And He will make your paths straight. I hate these notes because now I'm going to get lost. I don't even know where I am right now. But listen, we live in crazy times, don't we? Really crazy times. We wonder, just like Habakkuk, why are all these things happening? Why are all these things occurring, God? How long, God, before things are going to change and get a little bit better? How about this one? God, where are you? You seem so silent right now. Why aren't you responding? God, give us something, anything. I mean, we're all asking those questions in some ways, aren't we? We need to trust in the Lord. See, here's the deal, man. We need to trust in the Lord in the sunny days and the cloudy days. See, Habakkuk is buried in the clouds. But when we read these closing verses, as I read a few minutes ago, we find some of the strongest statements of faith, not just in the Old Testament, but in the Bible. The Babylonians are about to come and come hard on Jerusalem and in the people of Judea. Habakkuk knows what's about to happen. We had no heads up. He knows what's coming. And he is responding with complete faith. Look again at verse 16. I heard and I trembled within. My lips quivered with the sound. Rottenness entered my bones. I trembled where I stood. Now I must quietly wait. Like things look okay now, but I got to wait because I know what's coming. Now I must quietly wait for the day of distress to come against the people invading us. Now, I just want to break that down for us a little bit. Because he says some things there. Some of us aren't the most poetic type like myself. You know, just, just speak plain to me, right? So I got to break this down for some of us. Basically, what he's saying is, I asked God to do what I wanted him to do. And he said no. And now I'm scared. And I'm overwhelmed. And I'm depressed. But I still need to trust in him. That's what he's saying. And my hope and my prayer is, whether you're sitting here this morning or whether you're at home right now or Tuesday or Wednesday when you're watching this, that that will be you. God, I'm scared. I'm overwhelmed. I have no idea which end is up or down, but I am going to trust in you. Now look again. He said, I trembled within. My lips quivered. Do you know what that is? And some of you need to do this because it's been a long time since you've done this. I trembled within and my lips quivered. You know what that is? That's an ugly cry. You know what an ugly cry is? When you're just sobbing and your lip is going crazy and the snot is coming down. You just look in the mirror and you are ugly. Like ugly, ugly. Some of you need to do that right now. Because you've been bottling up all of this depression and all of this fear and this overwhelming kind of feeling that you've had. And you've just been keep shoving it and shoving it and shoving it down. And what you need to do is, God, I don't know what to do. And then just let it go. Let it go. And God, I don't know what's going on. And just bawl your eyes out. But I trust you. I trust you. 
See, Habakkuk has overcome. He's overcome emotionally. He's overcome physically with sorrow. I mean, have you been there? Where you've been so uh, emotionally and, and physically wiped out that the clouds of life were so heavy, you're just drained. You're just dry. I've been there. I've been there really recently. You're just drained. Well, how do you deal? How do you deal with that? Right now, how are you dealing with it? See, Habakkuk complained, he questioned, he doubted God. But eventually he got to a place. I've got to find where I am here. He got to a place of faith. Like, what about you? Are you at that place of faith? Now notice his words again in verse 16. I must quietly wait for the day of distress. See, quietly wait means rest. It means to settle down. It means to remain steadfast. So what Habakkuk did here at this moment is he stopped wrestling God and he rested in God. Right now, this morning, some of us, probably all of us, need to stop wrestling God and we need to rest in God. You have no control over anything in your life, including your life. Sorry, but not sorry to break that news to you. So the best thing that you can do is to surrender any amount of control that you think you have and surrender it at the feet of Jesus who has control of all things, including your life. So Habakkuk rests in God because he saw and did not forget God's promises. Now God's promises are scattered throughout the Bible. And here's just one. Here's just one for you. I quote this one all the time because personally it's probably one of my favorites. The Apostle Paul said, I am sure of this, that he who started a good work in you will carry it to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. That's a promise. See, God loves us and he promises to be with us and redeem us. In the end, God will work all things out. He will. During your lifetime, I don't know. But in the end, everything's going to be a-okay. Thank you, Jesus. Amen, right? So Habakkuk, he's surrounded by the clouds. Life seemed destitute. But he did not abandon God because he knew that God had not abandoned him. God has not left you. He's not abandoned you. So stop running from him. And then he said, though the fig tree does not bud. Now, let me just stop there right now. Some of y'all are like, fig trees? I don't know anything about fig trees other than fig newtons. Exactly. Those things are nasty. I remember my mom used to buy those. She's like, I got you guys cookies. And like, you look in the cabin, you're like, fig newtons? Yeah, a cookie? It's like some, something with something. I don't know what's going on right there. And if you like them, one word. No. No. Like, see, come up to me afterwards, and, and I will banish you. You're never allowed back. 
There are so many, like, worse cookies, or not worse, but so many better worse cookies that you can eat, like oatmeal raisin. If you were like, I like oatmeal raisin, I'd be like, oh, look, you're a little weird. You're a little weird. You're not, like, allowed in my close circle of friends, but, you know, I can, you can be around a little bit. Anyhow, okay. Though the fig, you know, ADD, right? Though the fig trees does not bud and there is no fruit on the vines... Though the olive crop fails and the fields produce no food. Though the flocks disappear from the pen and there are no herds in the stalls. Yet I will rejoice in the God of my salvation. I just want to, I want to translate that again for us. I mean what Habakkuk is saying here is I've got nothing. i got nothing. It's all gone. It's all stripped away. I'm broke. I've got no food. I've lost everything. Of, everything of value has been taken from me. But I'm going to look above the clouds. I have nothing but one thing I do have. I still have God. And that's all I need. Because he will sustain me and he will take care of me. See, when life is going well, everyone is happy. But what happens when the bottom falls out? See, what about today? Like when today stinks and tomorrow looks even worse. What about then? See, the most significant victories in life come when we surrender to Jesus. The most significant victories in your life come when you will be at the bottom and he pulls you out of the bottom to the top. But you ain't going to get to the bottom. You ain't going to experience the victories unless You surrender. See, these verses, I think for us, like this side of salvation history, these verses are so sweet because we know the backstory, right? We know Habakkuk's backstory. We know how desperate and dire he was. We know that he learned that despite his circumstances, life is good. And life is good because God is good. Philippians 4.13, right? It's a verse that Christians love. Love that verse. We love that verse. Tim Tebow, he's put it on the eye black, right? We love that verse. But what makes Philippians 4.13, what makes the story of Habakkuk so amazing is what comes before it. So what comes before Philippians 4.13? Do you know? Well, I'm going to tell you, all right? He said, Paul, the Apostle Paul said, I have learned to be content in whatever circumstances I find myself. I know how to make do with little. I know how to make do with a lot. In any and all circumstances, I've learned the secret of being content. Whether well-fed or hungry, whether in abundance or in need. And here's what we love. I am able to do all things through him who strengthens me. He can do all things. Why? Because he's learned to be content. He's learned to be content whether he's in a pandemic or whether life is just rosy. See, we need to quote that verse, Philippians 4.13, when we're in the sun. You know when you want to go talk to your boss and get that raise? Yay! You need to quote it then, but you need to quote it when you walk out. And he's like, nope, sorry, don't have it. Quote it then too. 
See, Habakkuk says, even though everything is falling apart, even though everything has been taken away, I will celebrate the Lord. I will rejoice in the God of my salvation. And do you know how he got to this place? How did he get to this place? By worshiping. And this is the one thing that so many people, so many Christians have been neglecting over these last five or six months. We forgot how to worship. We forgot how to worship. And we're wanting to break through, but the breakthrough ain't going to come without worship. See, all too often when we're surrounded by the clouds of life, we back away from Jesus. We stop praying. We stop reading our Bibles. We skip church. But only worship will carry us through, and only worship will bring the breakthrough. Where are we here? Okay. See, what's... I told you I'd come back to this, but... It's terribly alarming right now to see how poorly so many Christians have responded to the Rona, Corona. It's, it's really alarming. And, and I don't think too many people are saying this, and I don't know why. I don't know why pastors aren't saying this. And I guess I'll be the jerk pastor for the day. Yay, me. But as Christians, a lot of us have responded really poorly. You see, if the threat of a virus breaks you, just the threat, if the threat of a virus breaks you, or if having to wear a mask breaks you, what will happen when your spouse gets cancer? What will happen when your child Heaven forbid passes away before you. What will happen? You can't take the threat of a virus. You can't take wearing a mask. Jesus help you. God help you. You got to surrender. Because right now you are walking in pride and you are not walking in humility. And you need to get to Philippians and Philippians chapter 2 fast. And guess what? That's our next sermon series. Thank you, Jesus. See, no matter how bad life is, God is still good, and he is still the source of hope and joy, but that only comes when you draw near to him. Stop worrying about everything out here. Stop being so focused on the clouds and get your eyes above the clouds and see Jesus, the King of Kings. Does he have everything under control or not? Does he? You can say yes, it's okay. Because if he truly has everything under his control and he is truly sovereign, then yo, you got to lift your head i got to lift my head, and we've got to do it now. See, the world is broken. I'm not sharing anything new here. The world is broken. We are broken. You are broken. And that's why we need Jesus. And that's why we need to worship. It's all about him. It's not about you. It has never been about you. It has always been about Jesus. That's why I love this book so much. It's a weird book. Don't get me wrong. All the prophetic books are a little kooky, aren't they? 
But Habakkuk begins the book with wanting life to go his way. He's wanting life to go his way, and, and he wanted God to do his will. And he even, right, as you read chapter 1, you read chapter 2, like, he's trying to manipulate God. We do that, don't we? He's trying to manipulate God. God, just do what I want you to do, and then everything's going to be fine. I promise, God, if you do this one thing, I'll follow you. Then we reach the end of the book, and all that changes. Now, if you notice, though, all that changes, but nothing on the outside changes. The Babylonians are still coming. And they're still going to lay the hammer on the people of Judah. Habakkuk knows he's still going to get it. Nothing on the outside changed. Everything changed on the inside. Habakkuk changed. His perspective changed. You know, a few nights ago, like two nights ago, actually, I haven't even told my wife this. I'm laying in bed, and I just got done reading my little devotional, and I'm laying in bed, and just this peace came over me, this calm. And I haven't felt that in months. And I've been reading scripture, I've been praying, I've been worshiping, I've been doing all those things good little Christians and good little pastors do. And I felt stuck, like the clouds were still all around. And all of a sudden, I'm laying there, and just this peace came over. And just this smile came over my face, like, and I just whispered. She was already asleep, because she hits the pillow, she's out. And I just said, thank you, Jesus. Because it was clearly his Holy Spirit. There was nothing I did. I was just praying silently. And all of a sudden, it was like, breakthrough, calm. All that stress, all that disappointment, all that just feeling of overwhelmed, this overwhelmed feeling of life, gone. And for the past day, day and a half, so much lighter, so much more carefree, so much more worshipful. I continued. Even in the clouds, I continued to pray. I continued to read scripture. I continued to worship. And suddenly, breakthrough came. Well, Habakkuk's changes, right? He changes on the inside. He knew that God was good and faithful. The Lord, he says, is my strength. He makes my feet like those of a deer and enables me to walk on mountain heights, verse 19. Now, I don't know much about deer. The only thing I know that, you know, the meat is good. That's the only thing I know. I don't really know a whole lot about deer. But, but I do know that, that because of their hooves, 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 the way that God created them, they're sure-footed. They're incredibly fast. And God designed them to be nimble and able to, to travel over difficult ground. I mean, you ever see a, a deer like go through a mountain, go through difficult terrain? It's amazing. Even higher ground, even through mountain heights, they're so sure-footed. God designed them to be nimble in this way. So when Habakkuk wrote, God has given me deer feet, what he is communicating is God has given me the ability to somehow keep my balance during the unsettled times of life and the difficult times of life. He's given me these weird deer feet and I'm going to make it. I'm going to make it because of him. Now let me close 
Let me close here with this. The Lord, the Lord is your strength. The Lord is your strength. He's with you in the trials. He's with you in the trials. He's with you in the fiery furnace. He's with you in the lion's den. He's with you in the storm. He's with you when you're surrounded by the clouds and you don't know when they're going to let up. He's with you. He's with you in every situation and circumstance of your life. And He will empower you to endure. He will give you everything that you need to persevere, to walk in faith. And my friend, here's here's what I'm asking you to do this morning. What I'm asking you to do is just look above the clouds. Look past your current troubles and see that God loves you and he sustains you and he will give you confidence and he will give you hope. And guess what? He will give you victory. Amen and amen. Why don't you stand with me? I'm going to close us here in prayer. We're going to sing this last song.